succeeded. Well, I tell you when, uh, that, that moves me. When I sing that song about the Lord and his power and his, his might and how God is there. You know, we, every day, we face battles out here, don't you, in your daily walk. I mean, you got the enemy coming at you. If you're walking with God, the enemy's coming at you trying to get you down. But then you got to remember, if you have the Holy Spirit of the living God inside of you and you got Christ in you, then you can say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. And so that's what gets us through. You know, we, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We war against powers and principalities and rulers in the present darkness. But the good news is we've been made more than conquerors through the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know somebody that's struggling, is facing a hard, hard time? Do you know the only thing and the only way that some can be delivered is through the blood of the Lord Jesus? Do you know that? you believe that this morning? That's the only way. You know, I believe that with all my heart. Strongholds, things that try to grab us and grip, grip us and hold us in chains and bondage. And there's one bondage breaker, and his name is Jesus. And listen, there's, there is no other name more powerful than the name of Jesus. You know, and when he steps on the scene and when he moves, it, you know, even the demons say, hey, I know who he is. Paul, I know Apollos, but he looked over at some others and said, who are you? But they didn't, they didn't have the power, but he recognizes the power in the name and the person of Jesus. Well, listen, that's not even a message today. But I felt like I needed to say that this morning to you, okay? Because somebody might be uh, going through a difficult stronghold time, and you just need to know the bondage breaker, and his name is Jesus. What we've been doing this week is dealing with, uh, this month is dealing with relationships. We started out uh, talking about the relationship of how God loves us and wants that intimate relationship with us. And then last week we looked at how to have meaningful and meaningful relationships with people. And today, I'm going to be talking about relationships being a friend. Being a friend in, in this relationship part. Uh, next Sunday, I'm excited, Caleb is going to be sharing with you. And I hope, I hope you're, you're here. He, you know, he always tells me he's a better preacher than I am. So, you know, and he, he can bring it. I'm going to tell you, the boy can bring it. And so I encourage you to be here and, uh, and, and let God speak to you through him. Today, I, I want to get you to finish this sentence if you know it. Jesus, a friend to, do you know the blank? Jesus, a friend to, okay, I heard somebody say it. They said sinners. Jesus, a friend to sinners. Well, I want to get you to look at this passage right here. It's in the Bible. It says, this is Jesus speaking of himself here. He says in Matthew eleven nineteen, he said, The Son of Man came eating and drinking. And they say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. You see, most people leave out the tax collector part. They just go, Jesus is a friend to sinners. Now, I know all of y'all love paying your taxes, don't you? No, no way. Oh, me. It's not an amen, it's an oh me on that one. But here's, here's the thing. Jesus was falsely accused of being a glutton and a drunkard. But they were right when they said that Jesus was a friend to tax collectors and he was a friend to sinners. 
And I want to ask, is there anybody in the room that appreciates the fact that Jesus is a friend of sinners this morning? Anybody? You know what I'm talking about. Here's the good news. As we look at it, uh, you can back up a few chapters in Matthew chapter 9, and I want you to see this person that Jesus chose. His name was Matthew. He was a tax collector. And we'll pick up his story here in Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. It says, Jesus went out from there. He saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and he followed him. And then it happened as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors, wasn't just Matthew, a whole bunch of them. And by the way, the tax collectors, do you know how well liked they were? Boy, people hated them. They, they couldn't stand them. They, they saw them as thieves. They saw them as people taking our money and always wanting more. That's how they were viewed. And so Jesus is there. Picture this scene. Jesus is there with Matthew. He's called him, and he's hanging out at Matthew's place, and there's a whole bunch of other tax collectors there that everybody hates, okay? And so and then he says, Behold, many tax collectors or sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, well, who's the Pharisees? The Pharisees are the religious leaders. They were they're like um, the people that were in the synagogue, the Jews, and they were the ones that walked around and thought they had all their act together and thought that they were perfect. And, uh, and they were just trying to keep the rules of God, by the law of God, by keeping a set of rules. They were, they were right, self-righteous type people who were these Pharisees, okay? The Pharisees saw this, and let's see how they responded to this scene. They asked this question in verse 11. Why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and the sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said... It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Amen? Man, you, we, we all are sick, and we all need a physician when it comes to spiritual things. There's nobody that's ever been well spiritually. Every person that has been born from an infant right on up through your life, we all are spiritually, we're sick people, and we need a physician. And so Jesus is making that point here. And he says, but those who are sick. And then he goes on to say in verse 13, but go and learn what this means. I desire compassion, love, mercy, and not sacrifice, which the Pharisees were doing, by the way. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So here's my whole thing about this. Relationships today is being a friend to sinners. Being a friend to sinners. And you know what happens to a lot of people after... If you grew up in church or around church people, or your tendency is that's all you end up knowing after a while, and you don't really have many relationships with people that you w would say, oh, man, those people are sinners. What do you do hanging around with them? Well, listen, that happens to us a lot. You know, and, and you know, I, the thing that you, got, you and I have to remember is this. If Jesus was a friend of sinners and we are his followers, what does that say about us? What should we be? Should we not be friends to sinners? Should we not go and try to reach out to people that are different from us 
and maybe not look like us or act like us, we're going to see some really cool things that I want to make a point of, how to be a friend in building these relationships and how to be a friend to those people that are sinners today. So I'm going to give you three things right here today, and hopefully if you're taking notes, write them down, and, and we'll see it. Here's the first one. God wants us to be a friend to those that nobody else wants to be around. That makes sense to you? God wants us to be a friend to those that nobody else wants to be around. Okay, honestly, you think those Pharisees wanted to be around those tax collectors and sinners? No, they, they accused Jesus. They, he's a friend of them. And here's what God desires for us to be. God desires for us to go to the people that nobody else wants to be around. You know, this past week we had, we had a, a gathering, a meeting, and, and we were talking about just different places and to go in the communities and, and to go. And, you know, there are certain places that have reputations, you know, in a community. And, and there are certain places you say, man, you don't want to get caught over there on that side of town, you know, especially after dark. You don't want to be on that side of town. But here's the deal. The thing that, that I see is there's a, there's, a potential, there's a possibility for us to be able to be a bridge to a school in this county that nobody else wants to be around. And there's no other churches that's really blessing this school. See, we get to bless Walker Park because we're here, and we're around the Walker Park crowd. But a privilege and opportunity is coming our way to be able to be a blessing to a school that nobody else wants to be around. And so I'm like, hey, this is exactly what God wants us to do. This is an opportunity that we see that we need to do something to be a blessing to them. And you know, there are, uh, the thing about being a friend to people, you, you just you got to build a relationship. There's only a few that are in this room that actually came to gratis for the first time because of a sign. There's a few of you, all right? I know who you are. But there, most people came here because of somebody friended them or they reached out to them or developed a relationship with them and then they invited them to come to be a part of this. That's how it works. And it's building that relationship. And you be thankful for that friend because, see, that friend loves you and cares about you and, and wants the best for you. It's not trying to, you know, to bait and switch you. I got bait and switched this past week. Any everybody been baited and switched? You know what I'm talking about, okay? Well, that happened to me this past week, and it doesn't feel good. Hey, we're not out to get anybody. We're out to help everybody. And so it's a good thing that is, is happening as you befriend somebody. And, and to love them the way Jesus wants to love them. But that's the thing that, that challenges us. Because, see, for our, for our tendency, our most part is to, to hang around people that look like us, talk like us, act like us, and do the very things we do. And it's okay to do that. But what Jesus is in God's desiring of us is to have eyes open to see the need to be able to reach out to those that may be different than us. Amen? I want to make a difference. And be different. And that, that is actually doing it. Here's the next one. We are to be a friend motivated by love and not by popularity. We are to be a friend motivated by love and not by popularity. Listen, Jesus didn't gain any popularity contests 
by going and, and sitting down and eating and, uh, with these tax collectors and sinners. And, and it might not be popular. You know, you got the in crowd, the in group, and everybody wants the in crowd and the in group to be hanging around you. Everybody wants that. But what we're to be motivated by is by love to reach out and not by popularity. And we do this out of love. Here's, write this verse down to the side, Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8 says this, but God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, God knew it, while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ came and died for us. Now that's demonstrating love, isn't it? That's motivated by love. And, and you know what? That's exactly what Jesus did for you. Did you know that? Have you, might have, have you ever had anybody die for you? Most people hadn't. And we, we honor our service men and women who've served our country to, to die so that we can have freedoms. But have you ever had somebody personally die so that you could be alive? Well, I want to introduce you. If you hadn't, you got somebody today, my friend. His name is Jesus. He died so that you and I who are dead can come alive. Now, that's the coolest, man, that's the coolest thing in the world, that God would be a friend and do that for us. But that's what he did. He didn't just sit up in heaven and go, you know, there's a bunch of sinners down there. I ain't going to come and hang out around them. I'm just going to stay up here and enjoy the angels and and we'll just have a good time for all eternity. No, 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 no. God said, you know what? They're messed up down there. And I got to do something about it. And what he did was he sent his son who demonstrated that love. Can you imagine how difficult that had to be on Jesus who'd never done anything wrong, yet they, they just came at him? He wasn't a popular person. Man, they were great crowds followed him, but the religious leaders, he wasn't popular to them. They were just casting insults at him. And even while he was on the cross, they, they shot insults at him. You saved others, you can't even save yourself. And they didn't even realize that there he was hanging on the cross because he loved them. You know what? Nobody put him on that cross. He went to that cross because he loves you and he loved me. He demonstrated that love. You know, people say, I love you. But when people show you they love you, there's two different things, isn't it? Have you ever had somebody tell you, I love you, I love you, but then they didn't act like they love you? Well, that happens. But the reality is, is when somebody says they love you, and then they back it up with showing you they love you, then you go, whoo, they love me. They really, really do love me. Here's a verse I wanted to share with you. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he said, but the goal of our instruction, our teachings, is love from a pure heart, and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Be motivated by love. That's why we do what we do. It's a pure heart motivated by love to reach out. And then here's the next one. Being a friend gives us the opportunity to share Jesus with them. When we're a friend with them and we begin to build that relationship, Sooner or later, over time, there, there's going to be something that might happen in their lives, and it gives us an opportunity. You know, uh, I've been out there before, and I've gone door to door and knocked on doors and introduced myself, and, and, and I was in classes that made me share uh, the gospel with people right then and right there, and that's the first time I ever met them. Now, that might work in some cases, 
But in a lot of cases, it doesn't. Some people just want to shut the door on you. You know, how many times have you had a witness show up at the door and you didn't go and answer it? You know what I'm talking about? You go, oh, there they are. There they are. There. We're not going to the door. There they are. And you know what I do? I love, when they come to the door, I love it. I go out there to the door and I begin to witness to them. You know what I'm saying? Because they're different. And they're willing to witness. But I don't talk to the one that does the talking. I look at the other one. And I talk to him. Because that one over there, he's already brainwashed, okay? So I'm, t- I'm talking to the younger one that he's trying to train. And maybe he's got a chance. But no, there's God. Don't ever give up on anybody. Lord, forgive me for saying that. Forgive me all the pygmies down there in South Africa or whatever. But, but anyway, I, I had me a, a Larry the Cable Guy moment right there, but that's okay. All right? But anybody can be redeemed. Anybody can be saved. And don't give up on them. Do you know how I know that? Paul. Paul said, I'm the, I'm the chief of all the sinners. And he set out to kill people, to murder Christians. But God gloriously changed his life one day on a road. Here's what I want to give you as I wrap up our moment here this morning. This is how we can, can use something as a tool to help us, uh, to give us that opportunity to, to bless, uh, to be a friend to them and share the opportunity to share Jesus. I want to give you this acronym, it's BLESS. It's, it's simple word, BLESS. And each letter stands for something. The B stands for begin with prayer. And before you go out or any day or talk to anybody in that given day, you should start your day with prayer. If we were challenged this week to be the first thing that we said today was, Holy Spirit of God, what do you want me to do today? And do you know God orders our steps? Every step he knows is going to happen in your life each day. And so when I put on the armor of God, one of the things is the gospels of the sandals of peace. And so I say, Lord, wherever you take me, may I be ready and willing to share your love today with somebody. So the, we begin with prayer. And you know, that's the key thing. And, and before Jesus ever before Jesus picked any of his 12 disciples, do you know what he did? You know what he did? I see you nodding your head. How long did he pray? He prayed, but he spent the whole night in prayer. And then he chose the 12, and one of them was a traitor. But God had a purpose even for that. But the whole night he prayed. That's found in Luke chapter 6, verse 12. Don't, don't just believe what I say. I'll give you a reference for you to go to on it. But Jesus spent the whole night. How many times have you had a sleepless night before? And you, you just, everything running through your mind. I'm going to tell you, that's the opportunity to begin with prayer. And, and in fact, I hate to say it, if, 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 if you want to really fall asleep, start praying. Because the devil, he'll, try to, he'll get you to fall asleep if you start praying. How do I know that? Jesus had three of them with him in the garden. He said, could not y'all stay with me for one hour to pray? If you try to pray for one hour, that's hard. You know, 10 minutes is something. Some people, three minutes. But the whole night, that's what Jesus did. He began with prayer even before he chose his disciples. So we, as we begin to build relationships with people, we begin with prayer. And you know, next week, uh, we got some of these up here on the table. For those that want to, we don't have enough for everybody today. We're going to have the rest next week. But these are our seven weeks coming into Easter. 
We have seven people we're going to pray for. And so what happens is we pray for these seven people, seven weeks coming to Easter, and we just continue to lift them up. And so you, it's, it's the same things up top and the bottom. You write the names of the seven people up here. You write them down here. And then we put them on this board over here. That's our war board over here for prayer warriors. And we're gonna, we'll just keep that up. And so once you fill these out, then you fill those out and you put it on the board. But we pray for the people that they might come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Second is listen. Listen. You know, when you, it's very important when, you're, when you meet somebody is to talk and ask them some questions and let them begin to share what's going on in their life. And it's, that's a really neat thing. Listening is simple when you understand the principle of be, be slow to speak, but be quick to listen. Because it's simple, isn't it? God gave us one mouth and two ears. So just do the math. You should listen twice as much as you speak. You should, okay? But that's, that's a challenge uh, for some. But we should listen. And as we listen to people, we find out really what's going on in their life and what needs are really taking place. When I was in one of those schools, I listened to what was being said. And I said, well, here is where a need can be met as we listen to people's hurt and their pain. And then the other one was E is eat. That's what Jesus did. He went and he ate with them. He hung out with them. And as you begin to, to eat, you know, everybody's got to eat. And everybody loves to eat. Amen? Amen? All right. Anybody not going to eat after we leave? Anybody? Uh, I think all of you, some of you are going, I wish you'd finish up so I could go eat. All right? But that's okay. You know, you might be thinking. Some of you are sitting there going, all right, I'm already, I'm already dialing in the reservation over here so we can get ahead. You know, some churches... Uh, fire pastors because they don't let them out in time, okay? And so they can get on down to the restaurant. But we, we try to get you out here right on time, and, and we mainly do it because uh, the, the heart can only, the head can only absorb what the bottom can endure. So that's the reason we do it. <laughs> Here's the next one. Serve people. Serve them. You know, when you go out of your way to do something for somebody you know about the need, and you serve them, and you show the love, that means a lot. I had a neighbor one time, and and he, he went through some surgery, and, and he, he, was a, he was born a Jew, but he, didn't, uh, he wasn't a practicing Jew. And so whenever he went through that surgery, I, I'd go over there and I'd say, Alan, man, uh, let me cut your grass because his grass needed cutting. And so that was serving him. And you might be going, you mean cutting grass is actually a part of the process of helping somebody come to know Jesus? Absolutely. Because that's, that's an act of kindness to them because the brother was down. And, you know, if, whenever you're down and somebody comes in to help you when you're down, how does, you know, that's a blessing to you, isn't it? You know, and then we don't do it because we're motivated, motivated by love. We don't do it so that they can return a favor to us. We do it because we love God, and God served us. You know, one of the most humbling things is to have someone wash your feet and to serve you in one of the lowest points of your time. And, uh, you know, to have a foot wash. I've had the privilege to do that to several men over the, over the years of ministry. And the first time I ever did it, I didn't know what to do. But I, I knew it was simple. Get a pan and, you know, get some hot water. I didn't get the cold water because I didn't want their feet freezing. But I got me some nice warm water. And you know what? By the time I got to that third brother, 
I couldn't see because tears were coming in my eyes so much. And you know what hit me? It hit me because I didn't see some guy's feet at that third one. I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus. And in the, the verse came, whatever you do to the least of these, you're doing it to me. And I'm telling you, I lost it. I lost it in that moment because I realized I was having the privilege to wash Jesus' feet at that point. And man, that's, that still brings the emotion out of me to this day. That's a humbling thing to be a part of, but serving people out of humility. And then finally, if we do those things, it gives us that opportunity to share. And those opportunities will come your way, my friend. They will. And how do I know that? Because people go through losses. People go through hurt. People go through pain. And in those moments, it's usually when the antenna go up and people begin to say, God, why is all this happening? And maybe we'll be able to be in that moment at that time to share what we've been through and how God has helped us through those times. And it's just like my cousin told me when he lost his wife. He said, Mike, he said, I don't know what people do that don't have a relationship with God and they lose their, their mate. And he said, just knowing God and having the family of God around me has, has made all the difference in my life. And that's why we need to be there when people go through hurt. Here's a poem. I've never done a poem, I don't think, since I started Gratis Church, but it's a short one, and here it is. I went out to find a friend, but could find, but could not find one there. You can tell I'm good at poems, can't you? All right, let's start again. I went out to find a friend, but could not find one there. I went out to be a friend, and friends were everywhere. Wow. I went out to be one. Jesus, a friend of sinners. What about you? Let's join him. And let's see these relationships strengthened by being a friend. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you most of all for your love and your grace and your mercy. And thank you, God, that, uh, that you didn't just tell us to do this. You showed us how to do it. And you've given us your word, and you've given us the greatest sample in Jesus. And Jesus, I just thank us, you know, every one of us in this room, I, I pro pray that every person in this room would realize that they are, that at some point in their life they're sick. Some of you have, were sick, and then they realized they cried out to you, and you gloriously saved them. And there may be someone in this room here today that, that is uh, still sick, and they need you to heal them. They need to come to a saving relationship with you. And I am so thankful that you said, I didn't come for the righteous. I came for those who knew that they needed me. The ones who are willing to say, God, I have messed up. And I need you to come in and take over. Have you ever done that? Have you ever just simply prayed and said, God, I'm a sinner and I have blown it. And I know that my goodness is, gonna, it is not good enough. But I come and I ask you to take over and give me all the good things about you and put it in me. 
And God will do it, my friend. God will change your life the very moment you humble yourself and you cry out to him. He'll come in and he'll take over. So that's my prayer for you. And if, if that's you here today, I want you to fill out that card. And I want you to check. That's what I want. That's what I need. And that's, I want to be a, become a follower of Jesus Christ who is a friend of sinners, someone like me. And you might be thinking, you just don't know my past. You just don't know what I've done. Listen, he knows. Trust me, he knows. And he is here for you. And even though he knows all of that, that's why he came. That's why he came. Let it go, man. Don't carry it anymore. Surrender it at the foot of the cross. And Jesus will change your life. That's what I pray for you. And then for those of you that have already done that, me included, Here's the thing. Are we following his example by being a friend of sinners? What are we doing? And who are we building relationships with? And who are we going to to show the love of God? May we use this blessed method, God, to go out to make a difference in our community, our workplace, our school, the ball field, wherever it may be that you have us, Lord. We want to be that for you. Use us to make a difference in the lives of others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So listen, friends, you got the card. 